Danny, how's it going? Good morning, Phil. Yeah, going very well. Uh, lovely day again. There's sunshine out of my window here. And uh, I thought we'd just uh, talk football. We didn't talk any football last week because oh. of uh, other things more important. But I know everyone out there likes to join in, especially the, the Man United fans might have something to say about what we're going to talk about, the Liverpool <laughs> okay. fans and so on. And uh, a big weekend of Premier League football coming up. Two games today, actually, unusually on a Friday. And uh, after a big week of football, we'll start with the, the games today. We've got Brighton v Burnley at... Uh, at 1.30 in the morning our time and uh, Burnley, battle down the bottom really, Burnley still yet to win a game and uh, really mm. need to get going at Brighton just hovering about above the relegation places but that's not the big one for me tonight one of the surprise packages of the Premier League playing tonight for me Southampton against Newcastle and would you believe it, Southampton little old Southampton can go top of the league if they win this game, they will go top on goal they will go they top says Danny Hicks. they will go top <laughs> on goal difference yeah if they beat Newcastle tonight and um, do the do the maths look at the table um but they will have to do it without their leading goal scorer Danny Ings talking of Danny's um who unfortunately is out for about six weeks um damaged his knee towards the tail end of the game the 4-3 win over Aston Villa last week and uh, has got uh, meniscus damage to the knee whatever yep. that is um, doesn't sound too pleasant. Had to have surgery on it this week. And um, he's going to be out for about six weeks. But uh, the Southampton manager, Ralph Hassenhuttle, is just thankful that he's not going to be longer than that. So the worst thing is maybe Danny Ings. Because we said after the game, we hope it's not that worth. And um, we are happy in an unhappy situation, to be honest, because um, it could be much worse when you see the... The scene, it is horrible to watch and um, yeah, in the moment it looks uh, that he's out for, for four to six weeks. Um, he will uh, get a surgery tomorrow morning, a, a small one, hopefully, and but it is one and uh, that means that we, we don't have him for the next four to six weeks. It can be worse, as I said, uh, but it's, it's, it's out and, and this is sure not a good news for us. Yeah, it could be worse, as he said, but, you know, Ings is so important to the Southampton side. He scored five goals in the Premier League already this season. Coming off a career best season last year, 22 goals for his club last season. And uh, he also scored for England in the 3-0 win over Wales earlier this month. So it's going to be a bit of a loss for, for club and country with internationals coming up. So uh, be interested to see how Southampton go without him tonight but like I say what a, what an incentive there even if it's just for a few hours or a couple of days could go top of the league tonight little old Saints so good luck to them but the big games really are Saturday and Sunday and none none bigger than, than the two I'm going to talk about mainly which is Everton v Man United tomorrow and uh, of course Man City v Liverpool on Sunday but we'll start with Everton v Man United and it's really the standout game of, of tomorrow um, and it's a good time for us it's a 12.30 kickoff means mm -hmm. it's 8.30 to Night, our time we want to watch and uh, you know Everton have had a great start to the season haven't they they've been up there uh, on top for, for much of it but Man United my goodness um, two more defeats this week 1-0 defeat at home to Arsenal with Paul Pogba giving away a really sloppy penalty and then it got just got worse for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, and Man United in the week didn't it 2-1 defeat in Istanbul and you have to say some real comedy defending I mean it was it was frankly abject even uh, Solskjaer himself admitted it's just not of the standard that you would expect of, of a Man United side or even any any side at, at this level. And, you know, they've now had their worst 
start at home, Manchester United, for oh, since 1972. They haven't won a game in the league at home this season. They're away to Everton tomorrow. They're just four points above the relegation zone in 15th place. And if that wasn't enough, it, to add to the, the fact that Maurizio Pochettino, the former Spurs manager, has, uh, has, has reared up this week as, uh, you know, the Manchester Evening News, which to me is the magic sign. When the Manchester Evening News start talking about a manager, they know their stuff, that local paper. And they said that Pochettino has been talking to the club this week about taking over from Solskjaer. And, um, you know, then Pochettino has popped up on various uh, media outlets in the UK this week doing interviews ostensibly about other stuff. But I don't think it's any coincidence that he's suddenly back talking to the media, doing interviews, talking about his time at Spurs, talking about what he wants to do in the future, not specifically Manchester United, at a time when the knives are out for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was asked about this after the defeat in Istanbul on Wednesday. And just have a listen and see if you think, as I do, Solskjaer knows he's a man on borrowed time. You know, uh, opinions are out there all the time. You've got to stay strong. I'm uh, employ employed by the club to do a, a job, and uh, I do that to the best of the, my ability with, uh, with our staff. The last two results uh, have been, as you say, a punch uh, in our stomach. When you give easy and soft goals like the two we've done here today, uh, it makes it a lot harder. The only way to respond is to... Uh, Get your act together uh, for the Everton game because we know that's going to be a tough uh, and a difficult game. So I'm I'm glad we've got a game already uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and it, you know, to me that's just you know, it says I'm glad we've got a game on Saturday. I've got a job to do and all that. He's glossing over the problems a little bit, and um, you know, it doesn't look good for him. Let let let. Let's just look at Solskjaer. You know, he's a club legend. He's a great guy. Everybody loves him at Manchester United. But as a manager, he hasn't got a track record at all. He was sacked by Cardiff City. He wasn't good enough for Cardiff City in the Championship. How is he good enough for Manchester United at Old Trafford? He doesn't seem to have the ability to turn things around when they're going wrong. All he seems to be able to do is in, sort of inspire and G up and, and, and a little bit of force of personality, if you like. But it's not good enough at top level. You need tactics. You need to be able to bring players with you and you need yeah. to be able to mould a team. And he doesn't seem to be able to do that. So I think, you know, defeat to Everton tomorrow at Goodison, slipping closer to the relegation zone, should be, you know, international break coming up. That's the time when clubs look to change managers. Could be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last game in charge tomorrow. We shall see. But moving on to Sunday, other games tomorrow, Palace v Leeds, Chelsea v Sheffield United, West Ham v Fulham. But moving on to Sunday... West Brom, West Brom v Tottenham. Tottenham, another team that could go top if they win Sunday, just for a few hours. And Leicester v Wolves, and Leicester could go top as well. So it's very tight up there at the top. But the big one, the big one, and to me, the big one of the biggest games in the Premier League so far this season, if not the biggest, Manchester City v Liverpool, the two dominant teams of the last few years in the Premier League, playing each other on Sunday. That's a midnight 30 kickoff, unfortunately, our time, if you want to watch that. But I think well worth staying up for. And, you know, City are five points behind Liverpool, who are the leaders, but they have a game in hand. So, you know, should they win, they'll tighten up to two with a game in hand. It will really tighten everything up at the top because I've just told you how many teams could possibly take over at the top this week if they yeah. win. Southampton, Leicester, Liverpool, Everton, you know, so Tottenham. So, you know, it's, uh, 
it's interesting. And, and you know, both teams full of confidence. They had great wins midweek, unlike Manchester United. 5-0 Liverpool, 3-0 three, three Man City in the Champions League. Liverpool away from home, particularly impressive. Um, but, you know, both have got injury problems in different parts of the, of the field, really. Uh, Sergio Aguero won't be rushed back for the game, says Pep Guardiola. That, you know, they're sort of talismanic striker who's had a lot of injury problems of late. But... On the other hand, Gabriel Jesus, who has been injured, came off the bench midweek and scored. So that's given Guardiola more options up yep. front against, you have to say, a frail Liverpool defence. He's throwing out a few bones for you this morning, all about football. Uh, good morning to Rick once again. He says the documentary series on Spurs Amazon is very good. Um, I don't know what this is about, Danny, but he said away from isn't too bad, something you mentioned earlier. If you want to join us on Facebook Live, please do, especially if you're a football head. Sorry, mate. Mm. I think he's got a typo there. I think he means away form. <laughs> or he can't spell because he's a Man U fan. Well, it, it, yeah, well, it couldn't be worse than their home form, could it? Because they <laughs> lost every game at home. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we've talked about Man U. We're talking about Liverpool now. You know, in defence, some problems. No Virgil van Dijk, probably out for the season, as we know. And right. then Fabinho got back from midfield to fill in through. He's injured as well. And, uh, you know, having a blood inexperienced youngsters, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, uh, alongside Joe Gomez in central defence. And you think Man City are going to have the ability to pick uh, the best defences apart. And so they could, uh, you know, make some inroads into Liverpool this weekend. And don't forget, Liverpool's only defeat, and it was a massive defeat to, to, to Aston Villa, 7-2, came with Van Dijk in the side. So they've not been too, doing too bad since. But up front, Liverpool got no problems at all at the moment, have they? Mm. Diogo Jota, it's got to be the signing of the season, came on midweek. Again, instant impact since joining from Wolves. Uh, £41 million pound move. Look, looks a bargain now, doesn't he? He's made what? Scored seven goals uh, so far, three in the Premier League, four in the Champions League, hat-trick midweek. Um but he's given, he's given, you know, Jurgen Klopp a sort of bit of a headache, really, because there are calls now for Jota, who's got more goals already in 2020 than Firmino has in the entire year, uh, to replace Roberto Firmino, who's been an absolute stalwart for Liverpool up front. Uh, Firmino, who's netted just once this season, you know, and only five times this year. So, um, you know, but Firmino in that front three of Salah and Mane has never been as prolific as the other two. And even though... You know, plenty of people are putting pressure on Klopp to say Jota needs to start and Firmino should be dropped to the bench. Jurgen Klopp is having none of that. The world is a, sometimes a really a bad place that in a moment when somebody's shining, then we, we speak immediately about another player who played for us. It feels like 500 games in a row and we would not be in the Champions League even if um, Bobby Firmino would not be with us. And immediately I have to explain why he is not in the team. He will be in the team and he's one of our, he's our, for a lot of people in the world, if they ask, we would ask him what makes Liverpool and someday special, I would say the way Bobby Firmino is playing. So what makes Liverpool special? The way Bobby Firmino plays. And he's, he's absolutely adamant there, isn't he, Klopp? He will be in the team for Sunday. So uh, Jota, as an impact player off the bench, is a great one to have, isn't he, at the moment, the form he's in. Don't forget, Jota's only 23 years old as well. He's slotted in brilliantly, hasn't he? 23-year-old Portuguese. Um, he's certainly something for the future there for, for Liverpool. And he's doing OK at the moment, but I can't see him upsetting that that very solid front three at the moment. The work rate of Firmino is... Uh, in behind the front two is, is really something that Liverpool, uh, uh, as Klopp says, has been a, has been a been a basis for all they've done over the last few years 
So um, I think that's, you know, stay up and watch that tomorrow night. I think that, that that could go a long way to deciding where the Premier League goes this season. Does it stay with Liverpool? Do Manchester City start making inroads back into the into the chase for the Premier League? And uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be the match of the season and, and it goes go a long way to deciding what happens at the top of the league by the end of it, even though we're only, what, seven, eight games in. Mm. Um, so watch that tomorrow if you can. The late game tomorrow, Arsenal v Aston Villa. But there's been... Been a few other talking points in football this week. Not least, uh, I noticed that uh, you know VAR is not uh, endearing itself. My old friend VAR, video assistant referee, is not endearing itself to the to the chief of UEFA either. The UEFA president Alexander Seferin has written to FIFA, would you believe, asking them to change the handball rule, saying the current interpretation has led to unfair decisions, there's growing frustration, and discomfort in the sport. And uh, I think he's right. You know, they changed the law last year to say that handball is kind of automatic. There's no accidental handball now. There's no unintentional handball. If your arm is outside your body, if it makes it unnaturally bigger, or if it's raised above the shoulder, it's handball. That's it. Or if it, if there's a handball in any of the lead up to a goal, it's handball. It's a penalty. You know, a goal's disallowed or there's a penalty. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it, it's something that's subjective and it, and and it's led to some absolutely ridiculous decisions where players just cannot get out of the way. A ball is kicked from a foot away and a player's arm happens to be, you know, not, not by his side, but out by his waist. And it's handball. It happened to Spurs in the Champions League final a couple of years ago. It, it is just, um, and it's happened to others in crucial games and crucial goals. And I hope FIFA listen to and I hope the referees on the, on the IFAB, which makes the laws of the game, uh, and and the home nations who all have a seat on that listen to him because nobody is happy with this. Who's come up with a really legit sounding other path for this? Anybody? Uh, well, every. Not not just punditry, but like technically. Well, okay, it's not working, but we need something super surgical. Well, I think people just want to go back to what we had before, which is you know you have to. It has to be. What it had to be before was was hand to ball rather than ball to hand. So you actually actually make a move with your hand to play the ball for it to be hand ball. Yeah. If the ball simply strikes you on a hand, no matter where it is, and you couldn't get out of the way, see, and, and you don't have the time to get out of the way, then then why is that hand ball? That's not your fault. You got it. Rick says VAR is ruining the game. Now this one fan out of squillions and millions. Now if once this starts yeah. hitting the game in the pocket, surely they must do something. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell at the moment, isn't it? Because we've got no fans at games. I mean, fans, you know, can vote with their feet. And, and you know, the, the pay-per-view, there's another thing, pay-per-view, which has gone on in the Premier League, and making people already pay subscriptions to Sky Sports or BT Sport or whatever, pay extra to watch their team play. They're going to scrap that because fans are just not having it, paying 15 quid for a game to sit at home when they've already forked out 50 quid a month for a subscription. The sports channel so you know don't try and especially in a pandemic when people are losing their jobs and things stop trying to milk it but var there are lots of things wrong with it and when you've got coaches managers players referees ex-referees and now the president of uefa <laughs> saying please this isn't right surely it's time to look at it and do something and they'll say well we can't change it mid-season yes you can Yes, you can. No one's going to complain if you improve something mid-season. Yeah, there are a few teams who've had it against them will say, well, what about that goal we had against us before they changed the rule? Well, let's get it right, for goodness sake. Why is it rugby and other sports can get video interventions from referees right, have the transparency? I'm watching the rugby last week. You can hear the referee talking to the video referee 
all the time. You know the process they're going through. And whether you agree with it or not, you can see how they reach their decision. Yeah. We don't even have that in football. They need to sort that out as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, that's an aside. We've got a great weekend of football coming up tonight. We've got Southampton could go top of the league tonight. We've got Man United continued struggles tomorrow. And we've got Man City v Liverpool on Sunday. Enjoy your football this weekend, folks. Danny, before you go, we've got a question on our Facebook page from mm. Michael. I'm pretty sure it's not your bag, but I'm going to read it out anyway, right? He says, local sports question for Danny. As we see today's news starting 75% capacity of football stadiums, which is great news. But yeah. what would it take, says Michael, to get 25 or 50%, even 75 capacity of a local Hong Kong trail running, hiking event to go ahead? Uh, well, I... I I don't know an awful lot about trail running and hiking, but... You feel for what you're saying. Yeah, it's out in the countryside, and surely it's a a sport where people are naturally socially distanced. So, um, yeah, why not? Um, We've got, you know, cases in the single digits for how long now in Hong Kong with the right precautions, masks, social distancing, hand sanitising, hand washing. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah, let's get some people back involved in sport. It's good for everyone. It's good for the... Society is good for everyone's fitness. Yep. Go for it. Danny Hicks, thanks very much, mate. Michael, thank you very much for that one. I really wish you the best of luck because I know you're into all that sort of thing yourself. Thanks very much, Danny. We will do this at the same time next week.